Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat. My name is Allison Klein. Today, I'm delighted to have two guests with us in the studio. The first guest is Dr. Felipe Franchosi from Nutanix. He serves as the Acropolis Hypervisor Engineer at the company. Welcome, Felipe. Welcome, Allison. Thank you for having us. And our second guest is Nate Marashak of Intel. He serves as Storage Software Director at Intel. Welcome, Nate. Hi. Thanks for having me. So, Felipe and Nick, the topic today is Nutanix and Intel's advanced storage in the hyperconverged data center. But I would just love to start, Felipe, with you describing your role at Nutanix and just provide a very top-level perspective on the Nutanix solution delivery within the data center. Sure. I have been with Nutanix for about three and a half years now. I'm a senior staff software engineer, one of the tech leads for homegrown hypervisor, the Acropolis hypervisor, AHV. I'm actually probably the first person hired to work exclusively on the host side of AHV. And today I also manage a team which focuses on all things storage related to the hypervisors, which virtual storage controllers are exposed to customers' virtual machines, how they behave, and what happens from the point where those virtual machines issue storage requests all the way down to our software-defined hyperconverged infrastructure. Why is the hypervisor and the development of key capabilities for the hypervisor so critical? So when we look at hyperconverged infrastructures compared to a more traditional data center model, you have everything defining software. So instead of a model where you have dedicated hardware for different functions, in HCI, we have just commodity service and commodity network mostly talking to each other with software. And of course, that comes with a virtualization layer. So that makes the management of the data center much easier, both in terms of performance when it comes to trying to figure out where your data is and, and where your data should be, as well as where virtual machines are or where they should be, which is much simpler on a hyperconverged model than on a three-tier model where you would have to perhaps manually define a number of things that we can do automatically. What are the key challenges when it comes to the storage capabilities of the solution? And what were the key opportunities that you and your team have been focused on in terms of creating new capabilities for Nutanix? So the Acropolis hypervisor started a little bit before I joined, actually. I was probably the first person hired to work exclusively on it. And at the time, the challenge was we'd had customers using other commercial licenses from other hypervisors in Nutanix. And for Greenfield customers, they wanted basically alternatives. So we had a team of engineers that put together HV, and that has since evolved. So when I joined, one of the first challenges I had to tackle was how can we adapt this hypervisor to work better with our storage fabric? So this is not just about making the hypervisor and the open source components we use better, more efficient, more performant, but also how to integrate it better with our stack. There was a lot of technical challenges on it, but we managed to create mechanisms with which we could offload certain parts of the storage data path to other software components that could integrate with our stack better. I think that was actually how we first touched base with Intel on this topic. Now, Nate, you've been sitting there quietly and politely. Why don't you describe how Intel is making a difference in this space and what your team brought to the table in terms of the Nutanix and Intel collaboration? Yeah, sure. So the storage performance development kit, maybe about five years old now, right? It started as a project where we were looking to innovate because we saw 
on the horizon technologies like Optane, both as an SSD or as a DIM form factor. We saw those things coming. All the software that had been developed to date was really built around the concept of the storage media being hard disk drives, which were inherently slow. Whereas Optane and, and NAND technologies are exceedingly fast, both in terms of their ability to have throughput and extremely low latency. And so all that software that had been built up over the years was built to avoid actually accessing the hard disks wherever possible because they just were slow. So as a result of that, SPDK was born. And over time, what we've been focused on doing is continuing to build out that infrastructure to help the industry get to a point where the software is actually designed around the idea that accessing the media is a good thing. And when we say that a modern NVMe is, is very high performance, what is sometimes overlooked is that every time you drive a storage request from a virtual machine all the way to one of those drives, there's a lot of software that needs to run in the middle. And with the speed of those drives growing in that sense, what happens is any extra software instruction you need to execute becomes more noticeable in terms of overhead. So one of the reasons we're very excited with SPDK is that on a world where you have a hypervisor owning these devices, you can essentially drive the devices directly from the components of the hypervisor that need to access the disks. So in, in this case, the virtual machine is emulators. And we don't have to attach this disk to the kernel and use normal storage access APIs that would otherwise be designed for a variety of disks, as Nate said, and instead just talk directly to the hardware from the piece of software that needs the persistent storage. Why is the SPTK so important to the work that we do to enable folks? And how do you see this evolving in terms of delivering value within the Cascade Lake era now that we've introduced Optane DC persistent memory? There's really quite a rich set of software that continues to be developed in the open source. And so you have things like databases that are really focused on not only driving incredible amounts of IOPS and throughput, but they're also very latency sensitive. The idea of having a low latency, a consistent latency is of high importance. And so what we've seen is when you take a technology like Optane and you insert it into a database, you can see an improvement. But we know when you look at those databases that in the context of using an Optane SSD or persistent memory, we know that they should be capable of a lot more. The challenge that needs to be solved is actually inserting new software that allows that performance ability to shine through. So, Felipe, obviously this collaboration between Intel and Nutanix has utilized the FPDK to improve the capabilities of the Nutanix solution. Tell me a little bit about how that collaboration got started and what the teams were able to accomplish. Sure. I would also highlight that we don't have SPDK in production yet, but we have been working on it in our prototypes, and the results are really, really promising. So when we were looking at optimizing the storage data paths from our virtual machines all the way to our software-defined storage platform, one of the things we had to do is to extract storage data paths from emulators and pass that to a separate piece of software. And this was very similar to what SPDK needed to do at the time. So they were actually happening in parallel, and I think I happened to notice at some point some Intel patches going on to some project where they were trying to do exactly the same thing we were. 
and we touched base and we put our efforts together. And we've been working together ever since, actually. We've presented in a number of open source conferences, topics related to all of this work. It's been a really good partnership from our perspective because we've gained a lot of insight and understanding into what matters when you talk about hyper-converged solutions. And it really helps us understand how we can bring technologies and make them shine. Cascade Lake or our non-volatile memory products really kind of stand out as a result of the partnership that we have with Nutanix. Felipe, I know that you said this technology optimization is not available yet, but when you do see this available in a future version of Nutanix, what are the key attributes that you think would really benefit your customers? Definitely the performance and the reduction in overhead. So a lot of people think that because SPDK pulls, that it's actually consuming a lot of CPU. It's actually quite a contrary. Because of the way it works and the way it pulls, it actually saves a lot of CPU when driving I.O. to disks. That really changes the things in orders of magnitude and not just in simple multipliers. I would also say that when driving these technologies together with virtualization, one of the very interesting things you'd see is that you can take a smaller number of storage controllers, and having the hypervisor using SPDK, you can expose more devices to virtual machines, more virtual devices to virtual machines, and they may or may not use SPDK. So in that way, you can take a physical device, drive it with a user space driver, but then the virtual machines can get virtual devices which sit on top of the physical device, and they may or may not use user space drivers, which also facilitates with the way the orchestration works for virtual machines. Uh, you don't have to upfront define on a rigid architecture of what is going to be assigned to what, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Now, I know that Nutanix is a fantastic partner in terms of collaboration here, Nate, but I know that we've been growing our SPDK ecosystem. Can you give us a sense for what's coming next for SPDK for Intel? You know, one of the big focuses that we've had is trying to build out a community because we realize it's a really large problem. And to really solve that, you have to not only be open source, you have to have a really open community. Because just throwing some source code out on a GitHub or some sort of open source repository doesn't actually mean you're going to actually bring people together to build out and solve these large challenges. Because of that, we've spent a lot of time figuring out how do we bring more companies together? How do we really create a sense of community together? And so we've put a lot of time into not only having our source code be open, but having our entire community be open. So that's things like when we plan our features for the next release or the release after, we do it in an open way, right? We don't spend a lot of time talking internally and then come time for the release tell everybody what we're going to do, we actually plan in the open where people can collaborate, see what we're planning to do so they don't go off and do it, or maybe they decide they want to jump in and work on it with us. What's coming? What we've got is a pretty rich set of features at this point that allow other community members to go off and build their storage solutions and collaborate. And so we want to continue to really focus on building out that feature set, our storage services that we provide. That'll include things like rudimentary kind of base replication capabilities, essentially provide some tools to help do replication, which is critical when you're talking about scaling 
and scaling out. You have to be able to have your data always present somewhere in your cluster. And so we'll focus on that. We'll continue to build out where we integrate SPDK because we're open and there are a lot of other open source projects out there. We'll look at, you know, other opportunities to integrate with, say, like open source databases and things like that. You mentioned all the work that's coming up in terms of on the forms of new features for SPDK and, and how that's challenging for the industry today. And that is true, as I said earlier, because of the extra overhead you notice in your storage performance by doing anything extra in software, doing it efficiently as part of SPDK is going to be very, very handy. So we're looking forward to seeing any new features coming out on SPDK and also in working with Intel and the SPDK team in the development of those features. Well, thank you guys for both being on the show today. If folks want to find out more about Nutanix and SPDK, where would you send them for more information and to engage with your teams? Felipe, we'll start with you. If people Google for Nutanix and SPDK, they will find a number of presentations that have happened, which have some early numbers on what our prototypes are telling us. And there will be some contact information, including our emails and Twitter handles and other things that they can reach out to. And Nate, how about a URL for SPDK? The best place to get started is just spdk.io. From there, you can figure out how to get involved in the community. There are blog posts there for what some of the other companies are actually doing. And from there, you can really get rolling just about anywhere. Well, fantastic. Thanks to both of you for being on the show. We'd love to have you back sometime. Thanks very much. It was a pleasure being here. Thanks, Allison. Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash bigdata, intel.com slash cloud, and intel.com slash data center optimization.